brother, our dearest brother to get us out there. You can see us, just know that our hearts go out to you. Yeah. Uh, all right, so welcome to Crew Talk, episode one. Uh, let's start off by telling everybody how we met. Like, how, what, what we're doing with the point of this, what all this is about. Man, honestly, I don't know. You know, we just getting started. Uh, how did we meet? To my side of the story. Niggas <laughs> said my side. Uh, I started VK, um, and basically was looking for a singer. <clears throat> and my cousin Leon, him and this dude named Ace, uh, they work on music together. And we were we have been going to Ace's studio, and uh, Leon hit me up. He was like, "Hey, bro, let's let's do the studio this week." And I was like, "All right." And then he said, uh, yeah, I got a, a singer coming in. I said, for real? And it, we, it had been months for us looking for a singer. And then my cousin Jasmine, she worked at Higgins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, she worked at Higgins. And uh, she called me and she was like, yeah, I met this guy. He's a he's a singer. He works at my school. And we're going to bring him to the studio and see if you guys can, like, link up and, and work together. I was like, damn, people was really... Like looking out, cause I, I I thought we were just doing this by ourselves, <clears throat> but the, but Leon he's a cool dude. He always been helping me out. So we get to the studio, this big big Alabama dudes in there. I'm like, wow, this nigga's super country. I was like, <laughs> I was like, how is this gonna sound? He got in the boot, and shit was fire. That's my side of how we met. Yeah, something similar to that. Uh... You know, I was I, I remember getting the SOS bass signal and uh, you know, I remember I was told that you know, I, it was a few young guys I need to come coach up, so you know, I listened. And when I got to the studio and I laid eyes on them, I saw greatness in them. And I recognized right on spot, I said, you know what, there's work to be done. But we have something that we can build on. <laughs> and when I saw that I took them under my wing and uh I decided that I won't rest until their names are great. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Side note, that's the first time I've ever heard the artist talking to the manager and the brand talk about he's going to take them <laughs> under their wing. <laughs> hey, but, but how whoever floats your boat, that's... I'm going to make their names great. F me. I'm not worried about my name. <laughs> we just want you to be great. Oh, man, that's tough. Yes, indeed. But, yeah, so R&B. That's, that's R&B, hip-hop rap that's it's like a it's hot right now and i just i just feel like that was like a good way for us to like get onto the scene of like entertainment and like making a name for ourselves but we don't do it because it's hot we do it because it's who we are true true it's don't get me wrong our soul don't get me wrong it looks like our camera just died but oh that's tough <laughs> <laughs> first first podcast uh mess ups but We'll go on, but yeah, it's not it's not because it's hot. It's just the fact that like that is a hot thing, and people are very receptive to it. And it just happens to be that like that's also who we are, and like it all just goes together. See, when your gifts expand right. outward, equity comes in. You understand what I mean? Yeah, and, I like that. Yeah, equity comes in, and so you know we'll hit you all with a lot of philosophical musings and. You know, the way we see the world and what we think about different topics or whatever. I don't watch podcasts. I don't know how they're supposed to go. But hopefully you'll find some enjoyment in this one. The right. The special. I watch a few podcasts here and there just because, like, 
I spend a lot of time driving and like you can't just like keep listening to the radio because all they do is just recycle music. But yeah, listening to the podcast, I feel like that's just like a good way for like the brand to connect with people outside of like whatever like they're consuming. If if it's music, movies, TV, whatever it is, it gives you like a like a one on one like person to person interaction. That's real. So yeah, I watch podcasts like like uh, Impulsive with Jake Paul. It's not as, as star-provoking. It's just to see, like, this is a huge entertainer. See, like, what he's bringing. He has, like, a lot of guests and stuff that come on. Uh, Gary V. He's, like, Gene a... Bench has a uh, podcast now? Nah, he was on... He was on Impulsive with Jake Paul and them. But uh, Gary yeah, V's another one. Is Drake better than the Beatles? What a real question. Why I could... Oh, my God. What would you say about oh, that? I just... It's, that's not even a real musical question. Like, is Drake better than the Beatles? Like, what do you, what are we recognizing better? Like, what what's our measurement stick? Like, I like Drake far more than I like the Beatles, but I gotta respect the Beatles too. Like, that's 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 a person who don't know music question. Um, it's it's also a, a clickbait question. Yeah, because I mean, dude has oh clickbait okay. a, a million subscribers and posts Listen. a video. Listen, sir. Yeah. That's part, that's, that's part of our world, clickbait. I, I mean, be like him. <laughs> don't we all? Shout out Jake Paul. Logan Paul. Is, Logan. Shout out Logan Paul. <laughs> uh, like that he won't be on that show messing up his name. <laughs> I want to be like him. One great. day. Yeah, but I, I watch people like Gary Vee. This dude's like an entrepreneur, like an angel investor. And like, I learned, I'm not going to say I learned a lot from him, but hearing like someone who's not an entertainer try and like talk to an audience is different you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah buddy I'm with it yes indeed yeah but yeah. two people I listen to investor sleeping down with his halo upon you I see I love it <laughs> <laughs> I love it it's great it's uh, great oh man nah but yeah I, I, I don't consume too much podcasts but these are the two things that kind of like I was oh let you me listen give to Joe not really he, he the man for real? Joe, if you out there and you ever see this, brother, I need you. For real? I want to be on your podcast. I want you on our podcast. Joe, you're amazing. You see, I, I, I heard he had one, but I guess, like, it would it, it never popped up. It was never advertised, so I never, like, looked He's into it. He's the most, if you ever want to look at anything philosophical, anything dealing with sociopolitics or anything along that lines, um, gender identity, um, anything yeah. along those lines, bro. I mean, his his he's the most nuanced and the most uh, objective commentator I've I've yet to see. because uh, I mean, it's, it's it's a gift. I mean, his ability to interpret data and speak it in a layman's way, top notch. That I mean, the way you just like the way you described it, it, it seems mm-hmm. better than the two I've been watching already. Yeah, yeah, you should definitely watch Joe. Yeah, impulsive is very. Impulsive. <laughs> yeah, Impulsive. I mean that that that's basically the whole point of the podcast. Huh. <clears throat> I heard Joe Budden had one. Had Joe one. Budden's is nice. Joe Budden has a good podcast. Uh, I would definitely give shout out Joe Budden. Yeah, I would definitely uh, give his podcast a listen. Um, he talk a lot of music. Talk, you know, right. he's always up to date on what's going on in the music world. Yeah, I saw um, I saw a clip of something. and It was him. It was at like a long table. It was him, Casanova, and some other people. Yeah, that, that, that was a little dinner thing he was doing. He got an actual uh, podcast. 
Nah. Or okay. Like, he may have had it even back then. It's like with Rory, Maul. That's his guys. Yeah. We should look that up and see what they're hitting for. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's that, that's kind of the reason why I wanted to do the podcast. Just to, like, give us, like, another platform besides just, like, just releasing music or, like, doing Instagram posts, things like that. Just, like, because then we could, like, once we get to a certain level, we can have other guests come on and talk oh, yeah. with us. Definitely. So. It's always good to like chop it up rather than like let, let instead of always being behind closed doors like yeah. letting people see. What I did the podcast was kind of your prop too, you know, um, kind of, you know, um, unofficial. Yeah. In a way, you know, you can just kind of talk and just kind of chill and just really be great. Yeah, more laid back than having to like do an interview or like something, something outside of. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get let's 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 get it popping. All right. Um, jump right on in. Um, and off the rip, I just got a question, bro. You been watching anything good lately? Several things. Awesome. I've I've um, big fan of Netflix. And on Netflix, I I watched Grey's Anatomy. I just got yes, into yeah. it. <laughs> I was super super late. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I'm. Grace. I want I want to go to med school. I mean, it's super cliche, but that it's. When you watch it, like you hear, you hear like about certain shows that's like really overhyped, like Scandal and ton, ton, tons of just different shows. But Grace Anatomy, I could say like it's probably the only show I've watched that deserves as much hype. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Keep it going, brother. Nah, but um, it's weird because it's been on for like fifteen seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this dude. If you're listening to the audio version only. This dude, Jeremy, is a clown. He's imitating my hand gestures. So for the rest of the podcast, I will talk with my hands by my side. But yeah. Be great. Be great. It, it's um, so my sister's the one who told me about it. Told me I should watch it. Yeah. And it's 15 seasons in. And yeah. like she asked me like what was going on in the episodes I was watching. And like, damn, damn hey, none of the cut. Everybody knows what crazy me is. <laughs> I promise you the whole world knows. I'm talking to you. Oh, okay. I appreciate it. Oh, I thought you wanted to know what it was. Yeah, That's why I rock with this. Dude. I'm not telling <laughs> the people. Look how he, love, he love me. I love him. Well, basically, the whole point is that, like, the seat, the where she's at in the show, barely any of the cast members from the first show on. Uh, Dang, that. wild. Yeah, I think that's that's lit. That says a lot about the show that's gonna be going on for a long time. That's lit. What else? Anything else? Um, anime. I watched. I started watching Fire Force. Oh, what's that? I ain't never heard of that. Um, everyone knows what Fire Force is, Jeremy. Oh. I don't have to tell them. Yeah, tell, tell me. <laughs> no. Nah. So basically, Fire Force is, it's set in like, it's set in Japan. And basically, like, there's like this phenomenon of spontaneous combustion that happens to people. Oh. And they become like fire monsters. But there are some people who have been born with whatever the gene is, and they can control the fire. That's fire. So the different generations have like more control over it. That's lit. And, like, the main character is a firefighter, and the firefighters, who are the fire force, are trying to solve what the... We should watch that. Yeah, it's fine. We Let me show you. We should pull it up. Start watching that, like, right after this is over. I've been watching Demon Slayer. I just got caught up. i seen that all over social so media. Fire. It's amazing. Turn shit off. That's my boy. I don't know any of the characters. Yeah. Show you real It's fine. It's lit. Right, what, what else we discussing today? What's the main topics for today? What we got going? Uh, more just a little, little intro podcast. One thing, 
this is the the trailer of it real quick. Worldwide conflagration. That's deep. How old is this? It's new. It just started whatever the last cycle was for releasing shows. So maybe like January, I think. Huh. It's colder than Attack on Titan? No. Oh, well, there's it, only like six episodes. But I definitely like this one more earlier on than I did Attack on Titan. Is this a preview or is this the actual... It's a preview. It's got good fight scenes. Yo, this fire. <laughs> I get I see what you did there. It's fire. <laughs> Lame. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Watch you ever seen um, you know how like sometimes like certain episodes I have better animations mm-hmm. like before, like every episode has been like that. But the, the animation is better than each episode. Yeah. Because it's new. Yeah. That makes sense. That's crazy. It's pretty good though. I don't know how many seasons or like how long it's supposed to be, but how many episodes they got? I want to say six. <laughs> six um sub and like four dub. Is it? Yeah. It's really new. <laughs> I don't think it comes on every week though. Word? I don't think so. There's, there's been a co- there's been like a couple of weeks that I've, that I've checked and a new episode hasn't been out. But just solid though. I, I like it. I think it's. I think you'd like it too. What shows you been watching besides Demon Slayer? Um, Demon Slayer really the only one. I just got caught back up on it. Um, I'm about to get caught back up on Old Lord now that I'm actually caught up on Demon Slayer. I had fell off on that last season. Yeah. So I'm gonna get caught back up on that. Yeah, that's that's about it. That's, that's, that's it. Other than that, just you know, the rest of the grind of life. I feel you on that. What um, what music you been listening to lately? Music wise, I know I, I, I know people think all we do is music, but yeah, a I lot mean, of stuff we do listen to and then yeah, enjoy. I mean, <laughs> I bumped that new Ross. Mm-hmm. Check that out. I, I just went through that new. The new Jeezy. Mm-hmm. I checked that out. I have a review on both of those. I didn't listen to the Jeezy, yeah. Yeah, I also went through that, um, a good portion of that Rhapsody. That might be the best one out of all of them. For real? That Rhapsody go hard. It's called Eve. Make sure y'all listen to that Eve by Rhapsody. Excellent album so far. I got about seven, eight songs left. But uh, it's fire. It got a fire concept. Each song is named after the, um, a famous black woman um, mm. who has you know some significance or value to Rhapsody mm-hmm. it's her third studio album and she's really taking it and uh, I love what she's done with it so far um, that little beat I was looking for the other day that was off the first song that was called Nina yeah yeah you can play that and Nina goes no we can find that beat for the little the little EP thing she got a song with PJ Morton 
Yeah, she got a few. She got a few different cuts on there. She got a uh, song with J Cole. I ain't listened to that one yet. I see that. Yeah. So each one is supposed to be. Uh, it's a. Uh, supposed to be. A, you said like a, a a black woman. Yeah. Each song is named after a famous black well woman. And um, I feel that she talented, bro. Like lyrically, she mm-hmm. really spitting. Um, you know, I never want to really downplay other artists on our platform, but you know, I'm just I'm I've been very impressed with her lyrical ability. Mm-hmm. She really killing the game. Well, uh, so you got Nina, Cleo, Aaliyah, Oprah, Whoopi, Whoopi. Serena. That's 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 a hard like concept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like people. I she doesn't strike me as like a. I don't know too much about it, but she doesn't strike me as like a. Billboard artist or like a a big flash artist that like a lot of people know about. It's interesting, bro. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think you might be kind of right. Uh, it's weird though, cause I think you know, I think rappers start to take this this interesting turn towards. Um, it's almost like whenever you have an artist that's really really rapping, it's like a lot of the social media carries them nowadays. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. even though like the Billboard and stuff may not be, it may not be popping as much. Mm-hmm. The social media can actually make that song. Pop. Exactly. You're right about you know what that. I'm so it's kind of getting to the point now. Is the the line is not truly blurred, but it's becoming more and more blurred between, you know, a radio hit versus an album cut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's becoming more and more uh, hard to decipher. Yeah, I mean, most of the, from my knowledge, like Billboard, I don't think they factor in. I know they factor in radio plays yeah. a lot more than they factor in a lot of other statistics and things mm. more. So, like, a lot of people who, like, pop on, like, streaming services or, like, have, like, platinum albums who don't hit the radio, yeah. their songs don't make it to Billboard. So, yeah. like, people like people like uh, Lil Nas X, like, yeah, he, his album didn't do anywhere near as good as Nicki Minaj's album did, but he's at the top of Billboard because he has a radio hit. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. It's something people should, like... Factoring when they talk about like who's better than who, yeah. things like that. But yeah, I like I like this. I gotta listen to this. Oh, she wrong now. She on it. She's like a real like raw person based on Instagram. That's her? I think so. If this. Oh. Oh, this one. Now there she go. Got a little podcast accent. She yeah, needs to come join our yeah, she Hold on, go up. Rhapsody Review. Eve. North Carolina art a masterful tribute to black women is tender and compelling. Yeah, she on she out here. I feel that. I think that's like a I, I think that's real creative for her to think about empowering people like that. If that's what her goal was. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's, you know, it's, that's the thing about these albums. See, like, then you'll listen to, like, Jeezy album, mm-hmm. and it really ain't had no, so, like, Jeezy album ain't really had no true, true concept to it. Really? Nah, I mean, but, you know, Jeezy album, I never really had a concept. Jeezy, I mean, like, you go all the way back to Thug Motivation 101. Fire. Mm-hmm. Street, street classic. But it was just, like, a mixture of however many songs you know, it's a dozen plus songs that was just heat. Right. 
And so, like, you know, a lot of albums used to be made like that back in the day. You know, I mean, it's, people still make albums like that now. It's just that nowadays what they do because of the streaming culture, instead of making, like, Thug Motivation 101 was, like, the whole album was fire. You right. know, like, I remember being in, like, eighth, ninth grade. You mm-hmm. could run that joint from beginning to end. It was just, it was straight heat, especially where I'm from. Like, that's that's all we knew was that Jeezy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, that country shit. Man, that hood shit. <laughs> and, and and fire, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. um, you know, Jay-Z, when he used to do his music, you know, and I mean, Jay-Z, Jay-Z's never had a concept album, I guess, outside of 444. And I guess that was semi-concept, semi-response to Lemonade, you know, how I feel about those things. Yeah. We'll get into that one day. <laughs> but that's like, you know what I'm saying? Um, shout out Jay-Z if you want to come on the crew talk. Yeah, shout we out love Jay. that. We you know, love you know, it. You're a legend. We appreciate you and all Definitely. you done. You know, shout out Beyonce. We appreciate you and all you done. Legends. You know. So I got a question. Everyone probably, everyone's answer be different. But like, as an artist, the music that you produce, do you think that's reflective of what you want to hear, or like what you like enjoy listening to? Is completely different from what you want to portray. Um, I've heard a lot of artists right. say that they listen. I remember DJ Dahi, for example, producer. Shouts out DJ Dahi, bro. We love you. <laughs> we love you. DJ Dahi is a master at work. I got a lot yeah. of shout outs. It's a new podcast, so we could we could use the, yeah. the clout. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're a beast. But DJ Dahi was, um, i never forget him crafting that um, Money Trees beat. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite videos of all time. Where he say he he take a second and he he walks us through, um, the crafting of the beat, and he actually sampled this alternative group song. I want to say Beach House was the name of the group if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, behind the beat right there. This one mm-hmm. six years ago. Yep, I know. Huh? <coughs> and um, he just he sampled the beat. It was uh, it was uh the Beach House beat. He took the beat and he reversed it. Mm-hmm. And that became like the new Like, you know what I'm saying? And it was so fire because when I was sitting there listening to the watch, I was like, what in the world? And I remember him saying back there, he was like, he rarely listens to rap. Mm. He was saying like when he, when he you know, when he listens to a lot of times, a lot of alternative, a lot of, you know, folk rock, a lot of different things like that. And he'll, you know, when he's called upon time to do a rap beat he'll utilize that 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 that, that, that bad. ear he'll go into that ear yeah that bad now interestingly enough bro the funny part about it is i actually think that that's one of the reasons he never became as big as he could have become as much as i love dj Dahi and i hate i mean i don't i don't mean any any negative but i think that you know, anytime you limit yourself or you say, okay, I don't really listen to this genre, I don't really do this, mm-hmm. you're, you're taking away a potential bag. Because I believe that if DJ Dahi could have figured out a way to capitalize on his unique sensibilities, his ability to see the music, mm-hmm. I think he could see it. Yeah. So he could have capitalized on his ability to see it and still have that ear to the streets to hear what's hot at the time. Yeah. He could have potentially put himself in this position where he was making every beat you know at one point in time when Timberland came out and Miss Elliott them came out every beat they made sound like it was 20 years ahead of his time mm-hmm. you know you think and that's... it still sounded like it was of the era which is you know how do you do that 
You think it's? I didn't see the. I didn't see the interview. But you think it's that he didn't listen to hip hop, or like he just was more interested in other music, and only hip hop people reached out to him to make their beats. That's a good question. Yeah. Well, maybe we had to have him on him one day and ask him. Um, you know, more. Than, I mean, I'm not going to assume on on how he rolled, but um, you know, that video was also six years ago. So mm-hmm. you know, telling where he is now. In, in you know mindset wise, yeah, or, or what he's doing now that makes sense. Yeah, but um, I do believe, you know, and I, and I say this, you know, with art in general, mm-hmm. me going back to me, I the music I make, I try to make music that I want to hear. Right, that's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. And I um, I love music, but I also realize, and this has discouraged me at times in music, and um, also kind of encouraged me in a weird way here lately. But, like, I've just realized that, like, the music game comes in eras. Definitely you know? does. And it and it comes in waves, seasons, you know. And so, at the time the Money Trees came out, there was a, a open path for creativity amongst the artists. Mm-hmm. Creativity amongst the producers. You know, you can go listen to that, to that Good Kid Mad City album right now and it still sounds fresh. Everything on it still sounds. It doesn't sound six years some, old. Something, some, some, some projects age better than others. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and that one sounds fresh. Yeah. Um, if you go listen, and it's interesting though, because I mean, you can even go listen to like young rich niggas from Migos. Mm-hmm. That still go. Right. Fight night. Uh, I know she'll free. I think it says a lot about um. That still go. Like when people's earlier hits still hit as yeah, hard yeah. I think it's just I think it's more the fact that like when you heard like for me goes for example that song was their earlier hit and that was like when they first hit the scene so it was new she and like true. novelty yeah. things yeah. stay stay fresh like, to people yeah well you know that but also it's like a certain quality I almost feel like cause like whenever you hear that fight night mm-hmm. it's like like the, it's just an infectious beat yeah. and then like lyrically you know it was definitely that's one thing I've always liked about the Migos especially earlier on I always felt like one of their, their strengths was their ability to lyrically go a step further than what you expected from you know what I'm saying so like you'd be listening to it and like you you know you'd expect I see the same thing with Kodak mm-hmm. I see the same thing with a lot of these you know I guess younger or like newer acts who people would consider at one point of time maybe to be mumble rap. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because like that was one of their calling cards, their ability, which is the whole reason why each of them kind of got a solo career. It's like you would hear them on track and be like, oh, okay, them, that's bars right yeah. now. You know what I'm saying? Like when you listen to Migos, when you listen to Kodak, when he first came out and stuff, you're like, oh, hold on. That's those bars. So you think it's like the... Like the surprise factors from people who have been like put inside a specific category. I think it's the talent. Yeah. I think that each of those, you know, those two specifically, Kodak and Migos. I think Migos, each of those guys was legitimately talented, mm-hmm. and I think that Kodak himself was legitimately talented. So I think that when you when you add it up, you end up, you know, that talent always gonna speak. Very true. <laughs> you know, I always say that, but I think what you end up seeing as time goes by, unfortunately. You know, there's so much of a uh, 
oversaturation nowadays with the music that I think you almost start to run into like what Wayne ran into. Like, if you if you get if you lucky, you may have in your whole rap career. Mm-hmm. You may and, and this ain't no nothing I thought of before now, but in your whole rap rap career, if you lucky, you may have like a thousand just out of here bars. I could, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you're real, real lucky, you may have 500 just whew, verses. Mm-hmm. But you ain't got too many more than that until stuff becomes repetitive to some degree. Yeah. Right? I mean, unless you're going to start talking about gardening, you <laughs> start talking about, you know. Because the, the subject matter has a limit. Yeah. And most of the, most of the, most, nowadays, everyone's rapping about the same thing. And I think that's what ends up hurting it because, like I said, when Migos first came out, <clears throat> like, even if you go through, like, the, that, um, that, that, uh, She Won't Be a Freak No More song, mm-hmm. like, you could play that joint actually right now. Like, if you listen to it, bro, it's almost like a storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, they painting a picture for you the whole time. Like, it's very vivid. It's very, like, it's, it's touching all of the senses of entertainment, you know, Making you see what they see, draw you in. Got metaphors. Got you know good good imagery. And it was well crafted. So, to I guess like if if everyone's rapping about the same rapping singing whatever about the same thing, and it's like oversaturation. What do you see yourself doing differently to like stay true to your artistry? I I think that's one of the biggest. I think that's actually one of the biggest challenges because it's like you don't want to stray too far from the subject matter, but at the same time, you got to talk about it. It's almost why Drake has been so successful. Mm-hmm. And even with Drake's success, you're talking about thousands. And, you know, I mean, you remember when before Scorpion dropped last year, shoot, they played, they had like a, a two hour mix on Apple Music with just Drake songs. Yeah, for I two remember. Hours. That. It was just straight drink songs. That was it. And it, and it was hitting the whole way. Like, people were narrating on the social media. The whole way. Like, people were narrating <laughs> on Twitter. They was like, yo, I forgot about this one. Yeah. I forgot about this one. Like, oh, damn, this shit hitting. Like, it was hitting the whole way until Scorpion dropped. But that can only happen when, for one, you have two personas. Mm-hmm. Drake got a rap persona. Drake also has... An R&B persona. See, it's almost two characters. So he could split music between two different people almost, you know? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, having those two personas, you come back and Drake's one of his greatest gifts is his ability to see. Mm-hmm. He can see the human condition better than most. So, like, his ability to see the human condition, kind of like with that little, um... Shout out Drake, of course. Drizzy Drake, if you're listening. You know what I'm saying? OVO by VK. It's It's coming. It's coming very soon. It's very, very soon. It's it's, it's on in this pop for sure. Yes, sir. That boy Drake on that um, that Gold Roses with with him and Ross. Shout out Ross. Yeah. Uh, Maybach Maybach music, you know. Uh, I like this. That boy boy Drake said... uh, she got a thing for Chanel Vintage to drop before she could speak English. That, that, that's going over a lot of people's heads it, right it, now. It did. It did. Because he could have easily just said she was a foreign chick. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, she, like, it's so many layers there. But he just dropped it like it was nothing. 
It was like that's that's an exquisitely crafted bar. Yeah. That he just put inside the song and just let it ride. She got a theme for Chanel Vintage. So we know she's high class. Mm-hmm. We know that she a little sedative, you know, people still use that term. Mm-hmm. She got a thing for Chanel Vintage that dropped. So obviously we talking about she probably a younger chick, 23, 24, 22, before she could speak English. English not her first language. I mean, it's simple, you know what I'm saying, in a way. But it's like when you talking about rapping and you talking about craft putting in the most most amount of description and imagery per line, it's not many people who could do it better than him. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's one of the reasons he's been able to flourish and why he could have a two hour mix just like that care package. Mm. The care package is dry. It went number one. And it, it was recycled songs. All recycled songs, bro. And the crazy part about it, <coughs> you know, <coughs> social media, excuse me, has given Drake his fair share of lumps. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy because, like, everything in the care package, I saw so many people on the social media who, if that had dropped two, three years ago, they probably would have ro- tried to roast it and try to, you know, flame it up. They was on that time and said, damn. This hit different than when it than when it dropped four years ago. I, I remember you said yeah. that. Somebody. Dude, what dude tweeted is is like he was like, damn, bro, that, that life will do something to you. Like, yeah. When you live through something, so now you feeling what twenty six year old Drake was feeling back it, then. You it, know what I'm saying? I I I wish I could have been in the room when they were like, okay, we're gonna put this song first, then this song, because like the sequence that they put the song in, obviously they weren't all talking about the same thing, but like. It's it almost hit. perfect, bro. It's, it's like, it's like, like they was made to follow yeah. each other. It's not me, it's you. The emotion. Yo. And I don't even like that song, but I, I started Yo. liking it. I love that song. <laughs> I don't even God. like that song, but I started liking it. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, Yo, another song on, on Care Package that hit to me. Cal- the Calabasas song. Oh, that for, oh yeah. That, hey. I don't know. I felt like don't, you was sleeping on that. Don't. Don't. Now, see the problem with that song? It came out right around the time, like it came out like a month or two after the the whole thing went down with him and me back in um if I remember correctly. Nah, it was it was older than that. Uh uh, four PM in Calabasas? I'm pretty sure it's older than that, dude. Mm-hmm. I let me see. And it actually might have came out in twenty sixteen. But whenever it dropped <coughs> it was still uh, no, it dropped right around after the button. Him and Button, or when Button was, uh, uh, Joe Joe Button was dropping the disses to him. You remember that? See, 2016. 2016. June 4, 2016. Yeah, it, so it, it dropped after Joe Button had made the disses, but that was like a year. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Joe Button thinks Drake dissed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember when Joe Button broke that down, bro. That's when I started really respecting Joe, because the way he broke that down right yeah. there, like the way he was explaining it, Mm-hmm. And like you can tell his respect, cause see my thing about Drake, bro. Like any, I almost feel like Drake to me is kind of like LeBron. Like saying if you really call yourself a basketball player, but you got a nerd and try to discredit LeBron's greatness, it's like, bro, how much do you really truly know about basketball? Like it's okay to say you don't like. I I know where you're going with that. We gotta say that one for another time. I'm just saying that's, a, whole, that's a whole podcast right there. Bro, I'm just saying like it's okay to say you don't like something because you don't like him, but like to try to discredit. It's the difference between having an opinion and like just being completely biased. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know what I'm saying? I say I the same, like... and I say the same thing with your boy Drake. Like Joe Budden was, he considered himself to be dissed in that moment, 
and he was explaining how Drake dissed him while also explaining why the line was so fire. And I remember listening. He was unbiased. He was like, he was appreciating the, the art for and what I it was. With it, son, because Drake floated on that 4 p.m. in Calabasas. Did he? Bad. Done that. All your self promoters are janky. Yeah. We established like the Yankees, the whole fucking game. Yeah. Thinkers. When I, the, the very first time I heard it, I heard it on YouTube. I'm not sure how it came up, but I heard it. The like the first dunna that I replayed it right. Yeah, I didn't even hear him. I was yeah, like, I gotta yeah, feel this again. Yeah, no, like who produ- let me see who produced this. I think vinyls and and uh, I want to say vinyls and uh, what's your what's your other guy name? Shout out vinyls. Um, who who was it? Vinyls and vinyls. Frank Dukes and Alan Ritter. Alan Ritter. Frank Dukes, yes indeed. Shout out Alan Ritter. Shout out Frank Dukes. Oh man, that's hard. And they got the Calabasas like little yeah, yeah, welcome fire. sign. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> they did their but, thing for but this. The, but the bars he dropped in there, like he really was like airing out the whole game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? In a lot of different ways. Um, even with the illusion of like the the high ups trying to trying to come and get him. Yeah. And then the ha 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 ha, like who did ha 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 ha, you know? Yeah. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like it just and that same person would definitely be a higher up. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, shout out Diddy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's just it's fire. It's a fire rap song, bro. And um, going back and listening to that care package, I bumped that joint straight for like two, three weeks. And I'm like, I don't heard all these songs before. But they had them right here on my Apple Music where yeah. I could just like listen to them. And then one of my personal favorites that I had, that I had to revisit and re-remember how fire it was. Days in the East. Goodness gracious. Yeah, you just... Every, every, so far, every song you name is just like... I get like a little nostalgic blast. No, no. Every time you... Like... Just hit. You know what I'm saying? So, is it, is it, is it safe to say that like... The way... To keep... To keep your sound fresh and to keep you from like falling into the trap of like... Rapping and talking what everyone else is talking about, like you kind of like trying to take like a, a a page out of Drake's notes, like how got he, like, to. Right, man, if, you, if, you, if you're not if you're not trying to take it, I mean, you know, and, I, and people might might get on me for saying this. Mm-hmm. I don't care nobody say. Everything that you hear in the rap game right now is partially influenced by Drake. I don't care nobody say Drake was influenced by Wayne. Drake was influenced by Fonte and, and Lil Brother. Yeah, Drake was influenced by you know what I'm saying different people, but. You know, that's just like, the, like I mean, so much of what you hear is influenced by Wayne, rapping-wise. Like, almost everybody raps to this day trying to use metaphors and similes and everything like that. I mean, it, you, you, you'd be completely lying to say that the average artist right now wasn't inspired by somebody who's, like, a great... Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Just... And so, you know, most, a lot of these guys have been inspired by Drake to some degree, mm-hmm. with the, especially with the melodic rapping. And the singing, I mean, you know, of course, we know Ja Rule, shouts out Ja Rule, we know, I mean, even 50 Cent has some melody in his in his raps, you know what I'm saying, um, but, you talking about mainstream, I remember when the boy Drake first came out, they didn't even want, like, they didn't think he was marketable. Bro, I, like, I remember when Best I Ever Had hit the radio, I was listening to my cousin, and he was like, this dude's rapping. And he was like, "Who is this other dude singing on the track?" Yeah, I'm like, no, no, that had the same thing happened. Dude, to us. Like, it's that's the same I person. I forgot about that, Bruh. That's crazy. I forgot about that because that's true. There could have been somebody before. I don't know. I'm not gonna say I know everybody, but when he did that, I was like, 
there's no one else doing this right now. No. I've never seen someone not to that level. Sing, sound like he's the feature and the yeah. main artist. Like, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, but I feel that though. Yeah. He's a. I mean, there's a lot of people that I look up to regarding like music, music, just anything that I'm yeah, interested see, in. And, and that's the reason I compare him to LeBron because see, the thing about Drake is almost at this stage, it's almost like taboo. Like if you give Drake too much praise, and I think it's starting to like go against that again. I can think it's starting to become more like normal again to give Drake proper proper respect. But it's almost like if you give him too much respect, people want to like you you meat riding or some shit like that. There was that. a huge a huge like pushback. Like it was like all oh, Drake fans. Like I saw I saw a meme one time and it was like the dude like the dude was like on his computer and like it was an alert. It was like Drake album and it was like Drake fans are like passing out and they haven't even heard it yet and yeah. people were like yeah that's just ridiculous but I mean I have yet to listen to a project that didn't make me like damn okay this is this is a top one yeah you know I, mean, I mean even even views it's funny bro cause like, I just be on social media a lot and like I, I rarely tweet but you know what I'm saying I, I, I listen and I you know what I'm saying I retweet stuff I follow stuff you know I see you stuff all the time yeah but like I've even heard people go back and forth now and be like, damn, you know, views actually were kind of hitting. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting because views might have been my least favorite Drake project, but it's it's so wild that a project that you could say was your least favorite project has such a high level replay value and such a high level, like, did it age so well? Most of, most of the people I, who I hear things like that from had, 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 had like, or like haters, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and that's like, unfortunate too. Yeah. Because it's hard to get it's hard to get a hater to admit that they're a hater to see themselves. Right. But like and I mean like this is not a Drake podcast, of course, but you know, you just when you're talking about the influences of music, you have to give credit what credit is due. And I mean, I don't know another artist that's been able to to be able to the other thing I will say that Drake did that I recognize is the only way to do it. The thing that really prolonged his career, mm-hmm. and this is the thing that kind of got him in trouble with, um, with the Meek Mill situation. What he recognized early on was that I can't give y'all all my best bars every time I spit some. Yeah, he adapted to the game, and he I recognized mean, that the way the game works. You know what I'm saying? Um, the game is 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 not going to allow you to take a year and a half two years off the way Jay-Z and them used to do I mean that, that I feel like you can apply that I know you said this this is not a, a Drake podcast but I just feel like talking about somebody who can who's that successful like there's like a lot to talk about yeah definitely and I just feel like using like th- there's no there's no like career or like activity that you can do to where like playing your best hand is like the thing to do every time yeah. you step up to the plate. Yeah, because it, it, like that that sets you up for like a, a burnout. Yeah, or exactly. A shorter career. And I think that's what mental. I think that, that happened to Wayne. I think that's exactly what happened to Wayne, which was exactly what I was going to like. Where I think you're kind of starting to hear with the Migos a little bit, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because um, I think they are talented lyricists. Yeah. But it's like they work best as a unit. Mm-hmm. Each getting a line or so. Yeah. You know, getting a verse or so. And being able to operate like that, it allowed them to prolong their bars. Because even though the bars are witty, mm-hmm. even though the bars are inventive, I'm not sure how deep the bag goes. Because the subject matter stops at a certain point. Right. And that's, you know, that's not a knock on them. That's just life experience or mm-hmm. however you want to, you know, say that. Now, 
when you get back to Drake and you're looking at the situation with like, you know, his utilization of uh, of, of of influences. You know, he Quinn Miller was mm-hmm. an influence. Right. I, you know, I, I mean, I, I listen to those reference tracks. I remember those. I listen to those reference tracks. I listen to everything um, that they was trying to expose at the time. And when I listen to, I listen to all the reference tracks that dropped. Like none of those reference tracks was, you know, Drake didn't rap any of those bar for bar. Mm-hmm. Most of them, he, some of them, he didn't even really use any of the other words, barely used any of the phrases. Like, um, but I know, I know a few of them. He used like a couple lines from the reference track, but all of it was still the the vast majority of the verse was authentic. You know what I'm saying? But what I always said whenever I talk music with people, I always say the biggest thing that Drake got from that whole exchange was. He got a, a style injection. Mm-hmm. And that style and realizing how to rap something that sounded good, something that was still witty, mm-hmm. but something that didn't come from his heart and soul every time, I think that gave him a new lease. Yeah, I mean, every every person who has a craft hits a point to where, like, okay, I need to elevate to the next level, whether that's, like, getting a mentor and learning what they did yeah. or collabing <coughs> with someone else and like, okay, yeah, I like how you do that. I mean, yeah. what, 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 art, art is not like a singular thing to where like, okay, my, my way is the only way. And, yeah. You know and, I, and I only say that because just as much as I praise, just as much as I praise anybody, I have to speak the full truth. And so like, you know, so I always, when I look at Drake in that situation, like I always say at the end of the day, you know, I'm not, I'm not giving him a quote unquote pass. But it's like, I also see it differently than what people who try to discredit him see it. I don't see it as him. Because, I mean, like I said, if you listen to Quinn Miller bars and you listen to Drake, who you like, Drake track, Drake career. I mean, even if you go to 07, um, comeback a, season. Yeah. Like, Drake been rapping the same style forever. So, like, like and if you listen to 07 comeback mm-hmm. season versus Quinn Miller best work. Like, are you really choosing Quentin Miller best work over comeback season? All right. I wouldn't say it's us. it's not giving a pass. It's like a level of understanding. But that's what, and that's what I'm kind of getting to. Yeah. So like I say that to say that lyrically, I've never heard anything from Quentin Miller that would make me feel like he was a better rapper than what I assumed Drake to be all the way from 2007. Right. Never heard not not Quentin Miller is a, is, a, is an excellent rapper. Mm-hmm. Don't get it twisted. But I also think that Drake is. There's levels. It's, there's levels to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. I mean, I've never heard anything from Quentin Miller. I would be like, ooh, he wrote, you know what I'm saying, 5, 5, 5 a.m. in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Never heard nothing from Quentin Miller that would make me think that he had a hand in writing 5 a.m. in Toronto. Right. In, in Toronto, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it makes sense. You know, you know what I'm saying? And so I said it to say, though, I do believe that what Quentin offered him was that stylistic influence. And I think that he did help Drake in that regard and show him, like, yo, okay, I can rap mm-hmm. and switch up my style and not have to, you know, everything doesn't be, have to be heartfelt and everything doesn't have to come directly from my soul because that will burn you out. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. From, so like, I know a lot of people, it's always like, everyone has like a dream and they have like, like a, a like a path to get to their dream. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, like, what you start off doing is not really what your end goal is. Yeah. And I see a lot of rappers, like, starting to, not not always just rappers, but, like, athletes, rappers, whatever else you may have, use whatever their talent is to get to a level to where, like, they can expand and do something that they didn't probably think was as profitable or, yeah. like, they could be as successful in. 
is there anything that you're interested in outside of music that like you feel like once you get to like a comfortable status that's probably what you're gonna like spend your time doing mm, not really no not nah, so much man, I, I, I'm, I'm kinda uh, kinda invested in this music and I mean writing you know I love to write in general mm-hmm. so I mean I'm, I'm working on some other creative writing projects but writing is what I, I hope I end up uh, 20 years from now when I'm just chilling and kind of mind my business maybe some acting okay and writing but writing just, as in like music scripts, writing or like music, anything my uh, I got novels I'm working on but like anything creatively when it comes to writing that's my passion I feel that I definitely feel that I'm definitely like besides like act, like the the stuff I have going like regarding like going to grad school and music music is definitely like something that I'm really passionate about and like my goal for it is I just want to be a a place to where like I can meet more artists and just because I really enjoy the process of like seeing like what makes people tick and like what their like creative process is and like just like the personal aspect that the fans don't usually get to see you know what I'm saying like there's like a there's a level of personality and like an experience that you get from working on people build their craft you know what I mean yeah definitely and I feel like that's like that's probably what like trainers get like training athletes like, you get to see like the development like how they get to the finish product I really, that, that's kind of why like I enjoy music and like where I see myself going besides just like managing talent and like making beats and stuff like that yeah that's lit I feel that um let's see what else I had on this list this is good vibes though. I'm, 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 I'm digging this yeah yeah this is this heat yeah for sure so yeah I had like so we talked about Drake and like his like how he's like transcended just being like the average artist. Do you think that like I mean, you mentioned Rick Ross earlier, uh you listen to his project. Do you think that like there's like a new culture of like the artists who have like already established themselves, like branching out into different things that they might not be as successful in? Whether it be like you see Jay Z He's like he's like trying to be like a activist, philanthropist, or whatever. But he's like doing things outside of hip hop. Do you see like that becoming more of a trend? Yeah, I mean, I think you saw um, Meek Mill actually just uh, got his own. He just signed with Rock Nation, and I think that he actually just got his own um, some type of deal. He was able to just complete. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw some rappers doing some stuff with some production companies and. And whatnot. Um, yeah, man, I think the guys are starting to realize what you're starting to see now, excuse me, is a is a recognition of what capitalism actually is. Yeah. And you know, we'll probably talk about that on a on a podcast to come, but <coughs> these guys are starting to realize like, yo, I have enough money to at least turn the wheel of capitalism a few times. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't I might not have enough to to, to step outside of the realms of capitalism, like, you probably need 10 to 12 billion to do that, but right. they're starting to recognize that there's more money to be made than just trying to have to clamber together a 12-song album. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and pay production fees and, and studio calls and all that. Like, there's more money we can get out here with, you know, even, even like with how, you know, the touring has become like most artists' breadwinners. You know, so you have artists like Chris Brown and then and, and Drake and guys like that. They'll go on tour now for, you know, 
two and a half, three months. Beyonce, when she went on tour last time, like these people making, these artists going on tour. I remember like Taylor Swift went on tour last time. She made like two hundred million dollars, like straight, straight cash. You know what I'm saying? Like for like straight money, yeah, profit, almost. You know what I'm saying? Like these people are making like, I think, I think it was two hundred thousand. Like that may be false, but it's like an exorbitant amount of money mm-hmm. that they're making. Um. Just simply by going on tour, you know, you sell out a few venues, you know, selling the tickets the right prices, you know, you there's no producers that have to get cut in on the calls, you know what I'm saying? Like right. so like it's just little stuff like that. Like I remember one point in time Tiger was to, was doing a whole lot of touring because of that reason. And um be able to recognize that and put your money in places where it's gonna make you more money. You know, Ross Getting tired, buddy? Tired a little bit. <laughs> Ross been doing uh, Wingstop for a thousand years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The wingman. Yeah, the, 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 the leading guy. So, stuff like that. I feel that. It, may, it makes sense. You know, like, you can't you can't just stick in the same lane. Yeah, man. And, 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 as, and as entertainers begin to recognize more and more of their power, mm-hmm. um, I read someone the other day that Robert Downey, Junior, for <clears throat> he signed like I think he made eight percent. That was part of his like last like movie deal or whatever. He made eight percent of Endgame's box, total box office. That's a lot for one person, dude. Which ended up being like a little over two hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> so now they had to pay him forty five million million. You know what I'm saying? Um, That's a lot for one person. Do you know? How, you know how many people, how many people like have a hand in making a movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's if, and we can have research it always. Well, we can always fact check the stuff we say because I'm just speaking kind of, you know, candidly. But I, I kind of believe that's what I heard was that he had made. Yeah, let's check that real quick. That he made um, like eight percent. Of um from the end from end game, <laughs> dude, it was higher than what you said. I don't know what percentages, but they say he earned seventy five million. Okay, let's see. Oh, that's a lot of money, dude. Hold on. From in game alone. Mm-hmm. Um get a one percent deal. Eight percent back end deal that, that that it does from his start of salary. Yeah. It's made seven hundred million yeah. So it's it made seven hundred million dollars in profit in game. Cause it made two point six. This is back in July in game it made two point six billion at the box office, which gave it after you, you know, corporate corporate for all of the costs of the movie and paying the actors and everything, it has made a seven hundred million dollar profit, which is huge for a movie. And is it? And they took that seven hundred million. This is strictly from tickets, though. Yeah, strictly from ticket sales. Seven hundred million dollar profit in ticket sales that Robert Downey Jr. had an eight percent stake in, which paid him seventy five. Well. A grand total, a grand so. total of seventy-five million dollars because he had twenty million for just a base salary, fifty-five mil from the kick, the eight percent kickback, and so 
that's what I'm saying. Like recognizing that you can do deals like that. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that you're worth the one who's making who who people's coming to see. Like that's what the guys in the NBA are starting to recognize. So you the, know, the running backs in the NFL. They starting to re- you know I, I haven't heard much about that, but um, what's his name? Ezekiel Elliott is holding out. AB not AB um. Le'Veon Bell held out. Yeah. Melvin Gordon is holding out right now. Yeah. I mean, they have the shortest light, the shortest career span. Yeah. And, I mean, they sustain, like, the probably the most severe the injuries. Most injuries. And so, like, makes that makes sense. Exactly. And so, like, these entertainers are starting to recognize their value, specifically these black entertainers who have, you know, um, historically, unfortunately, been taken advantage of. You know, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you got, like, and that's not unfair to say because, I mean, shoot, when the NFL first started accepting black players, I mean, Jim Crow was still going along. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Civil Rights Act had not yeah. even been mandated and instituted just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're talking about the early 60s. Uh, so so it's, it, it's, it's only right that people are finally started. realizing their worth. Exactly. And capitalizing. I feel and so, like. Yeah, that's the key. All right, well, seems like we're coming to the end of this, and I, I want to end it with this little, like, the little segment. So this segment is going to be three random facts. Doesn't have to do with anything that we talked about. Just three things I, I, I saw over the past week. One, we co- successfully completed teleportation. And that's just like not in mainstream media. I told you that. Yeah. I remember you told me that. And I looked it up and it's very true. It's on a minute scale, but like. But the fact that you can do it at all. Talk to me about this. <clears throat> like real quick. I know we got to go, but so shoot. Basically, I guess. <clears throat> A real dumb when I first told when I first told you that, well, how did you feel when I first told you? That? I was like, huh. I I believed you. I, I definitely believed like, you, but I was it, just like, it, at what scale and like, why 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 isn't this like a mainstream thing I'm seeing on the news? It's crazy, bro. But basically, a dumbed down version is that they were shooting photons, which are like light particles, up to a satellite that was orbiting in space, and like basically. If you were to shine a flashlight into space and you were up above, you would not be able to see the flashlight just because the photons can't go that far. But the satellite picked up the photons, which means that somehow whatever they were doing to like teleport it successfully worked. Because there's no way that whatever light they were shooting could have gone that many miles in distance. Because it was like 300 plus miles away. <laughs> that's yeah. that's crazy. That's that's the first one they've been able to complete. Yeah. I, I, it's it's just funny how things like that like aren't televised and like aren't talk. I mean, it's it's just shooting shooting the light, but like that's just like a small a small key that they stuck into the door. That like so much more stuff is to come from that small experiment, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Second one that I had is that um a kid a sixteen year old kid. I don't know the exact number, but I'm just gonna estimate like. Rounded to what I saw, won three million dollars winning a game of Fortnite. Yes, yeah, bro, that's crazy. the The gaming community is on the ultimate rise right now. Yep, that's why I'm about to become a professional Smash player. <laughs> I'm, I'm finna mark it down. I'm not lying. Oh man, I'm coming. MK Leo, Samsor. That's, that's the guys. I'm coming for y'all. <laughs> ne- a ne- a narrow. I seen uh, him. I'm coming for you, baby. I seen him. He he wears glasses, right? Yeah, that's my boy. He played. I I watched RDC World, and like they did a smash tournament against him, and they won probably like one out of four, fifty games. Yeah, and think it was just just demolishing them. Yeah, yeah. Cold. Cold, <laughs> raw, raw, raw. And uh, last fact, 
big Marvel fan, but they took a huge hit. Sony has taken the rights of Spider-Man away, and Spider-Man will no longer be part of well, the Marvel Universe. Sony says they hope that they'll be able to rectify it, and uh, there's a lot of people who think that they, it'll be able to get worked out. You think so? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was looking into it a little bit more. Um, they just got to... I just think what it is is that Disney just got to essentially... They don't really have any real leverage. That's Disney's biggest issue. Like at I, the end of the mm. day, at the end of the day, Spider Man is gonna sell. True. Regardless, like I mean, he might not sell as much as he did with Marvel, but like, even if let's say, see, this is the thing people gotta stand. Even if he sells a hundred million dollars less, that's still it, a profit. That's still a profit. That's still more profit than giving Disney fifty fifty. Yeah, I personally. I think the whole MCU is Disney's leverage because, like, I know personally, if they release another Spider-Man movie with the Green Goblin produced by Sony, I'm not going to see that. Yeah. Because, like, the whole the whole Sony Spider-Man, like how they keep like how they kept like what's the word like like redoing it? How they yeah, Tobey Maguire? Yeah, the reboot. It kind of got like I didn't see any of the ones with the guy before. Yeah, that's the dude yeah, after. Yeah, 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 I didn't watch any of those. I only seen the second one, and I wasn't very impressed. They said the first one was fire, though. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like, like you said, the leverage, I think the leverage is what they can do with the MCU, because, like, I definitely want to see Spider-Man and Venom. Yeah, that'd be lit. But the only problem, yeah, I mean, I think Disney would have to either just outright buy it from Sony. Yeah. Or, like, they're going to have to come up with more favorable terms. Like, I understand you're doing the heavy lifting, but, I mean, you just got to... It's capitalism, baby. Like, they own it. You're right. So, like, what are you going to do? I, I think it's weird that... Some, I I don't ever remember a point where Spider-Man wasn't, like, a, a hot commodity for, like, a entertainment company to own the rights for. It's always been hot. So, I don't understand why a company would, like, ever lose the rights to one of their, like, heavy hitters. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, But that's weird. But yeah, so this is this is episode one of the Crew Talk. Your host Tim Dawson, Jeremy, my my co-host Jeremy Jeremiah Peoples. But yeah, thanks for listening. It was Uh, a pleasure. Like, subscribe, and we'll be back with some more. No doubt.